0: Welcome, one and all, to the Kerno Connection, your little neural pathway to the southwest of the UK, with your hosts Shelley Tasker and Maleficus Scott. Um, got quite a show for you this this week. Uh, it's going to be quite a good one, um, and some new music and tunes and stuff to listen to as well. But uh, before I start, I should say that uh, we here on the Kurnow Connection reserve the rights to all our words and all our thoughts, uh, simply because it's impossible to reserve the right to anyone else's. Uh, That's a thought worth bearing in mind for any practitioner of law.
1: Stood on Cape Cornwall in the sun's evening glow on Junefield to watch the fishing fleet go, watch the sheep. It the.
0: find that Shelley
2: oh it was lovely for a That's minute
0: beautiful isn't it yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, oh yeah for a minute or two.
2: <laughs> no, 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 Oh, oh you're I, so callous uh, <laughs> I know I know it reminded me of like a funeral song or, or something sad in a movie
0: actually and, um... it's funny you say that it's funny you say that that song was sung at my uh, my my mum and dad aren't together anymore that was sung at my mum uh, my dad's girlfriend's funeral um the whole congregation sang it
3: um oh, so, wow. it's a it's a it's
0: a it's a, yeah. it's a very beautiful song anyway that that was um uh brother c performing harry glasson's iconic song this is my cornwall so there you go that was that was performed at, um st and N Endellan church i'm not sure where that is that's north cornwall somewhere i think so uh yeah. No, it's very if nice. Any... It's
2: just it's just lowered my mood right down. I'm all buzzing. I was like, right, me and Maleficus doing a show tonight. And it's like,
0: oh, <laughs> <man."> <laughs> well, don't worry. There's, there's, there's loads Wake of stuff up, to get your teeth into. There's loads of stuff to get your teeth into. <laughs>
2: but first, 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 we Go must on. say, I've got something to sing to you, Maleficus. Oh, no, Happy it's not copyrighted, is it? Uh, Happy yeah. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Maleficus. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy
0: birthday, mate. Somebody somebody strangled a cat.
2: Oh, thanks very much. (laughs)
0: Well, oh, there no, we are anyway. thank you yeah no i've <laughs> Happy actually birthday you old git. <laughs> uh, old git i'm only i'm only 47 years young today exactly um, yeah so yeah but i thought look, what better way to spend it in the evening than um uh jumping on a show with shelly tasker and and the good listening audience i thought well, yeah absolutely it <laughs> so um actually i have to say i preceded it by um i was i was nearly late again tonight actually um, I preceded it by meeting one of our listeners in actual fact he and his wife are over from Germany um, uh, with their children celebrating uh, 19 years since they spent their honeymoon over in Cornwall and they've gone and revisited some places and stuff like that but uh, while he was over Matt um, chose to get in contact and say you know do you want to hook up and have a beer um so matt i didn't tell you it was my birthday and he's not going to hear he's not going to hear this until he gets home to germany anyway because you know why would you be listening to this show while you're on holiday um but uh, <laughs> well, but but never well of course i would but i'm biased you know um <laughs> no <laughs> but matt absolutely lovely evening lovely to meet you and your um family and um yeah it was a really nice birthday treat actually but you, you aren't going to know that until you get back to jail no. so. and they they, there you go.
2: they didn't want to meet me neither then
0: <laughs> in, a, in actual fact his, his wife spends an awful lot of but it's time it's a joint think, show well yes oh uh, he does actually listen to andy's shows as well in actual right. fact i've got he he Gave me a little something for some of the hosts, which I've got to. Um, he's he's left it as my task to distribute. So I thought that oh. was um, that was very 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 nice of him. Um, I actually happen to have a copy of Hidden Government knocking about, so I've, I've signed him a copy of that and um, um, for him to take back to Germany. And uh, yeah, wow. I've put the date that I've signed it as well, so he'll know um, he'll know uh, every year now what day my birthday's on. <laughs> him,
2: this is in his diary well no need on his calendar. Yeah.
0: Um, no but <laughs> anyway yeah no joking aside that was really really lovely um and uh you know i'm it's really nice to actually put faces to the emails that you receive and stuff as well so that was yeah. that was really lovely. Oh, no, that is nice yeah so um Ooh and you know as always with you know with the line of work that we're in Shelley, you always meet interesting people all the listeners like i haven't had a boring email from any of the listeners ever i don't think you know i've had emails telling me things i already know and stuff like that yeah but i've not had like i've never had a boring email from a listener so uh you know we always meet interesting yeah. people
2: yeah yeah we do we do
0: yeah so um anyway all that sort of stuff aside um Mm -hmm. lots going on in cornwall this week but just as an update from last show um two things firstly and most importantly i have to announce that uh, regular listeners will be aware of what I'm saying now but we did have a whole load of uh, migrants shoved in a hotel in Yuki 200 of them in a small little um, fishing village come holiday resort and um, essentially what's happened is they've been uprooted poor people from their hotel and sent somewhere to the east coast of the UK so
4: victory! <laughs>
0: Um so that was a real bonus and you know it wasn't our victory it wasn't our victory um Shelley i believe personally it was Antifas downfall so um so uh, here we go so uh,
2: uh why do you believe that then
0: why do i believe that okay so the official narrative coming from the members of parliament in cornwall is well we don't want them in Yuki for the tourist season. They're Mm -hmm. talking about the migrants. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't, that already rings alarm bells, doesn't it? Because that doesn't suit their normal narrative of, but they're all warm and fluffy. Why wouldn't you want them living with you? (laughs) Right. So uh, we already, we had already discussed that we've, um, uh, can you hear any background noise, by the way? Because my dog is sat here chewing up a cardboard box. If that's disturbing. Okay. That's right. So, um, you know, why would you say that you we had already arranged that we, we weren't going to have them here for the summer season anyway because of the impact it might have on the tourist industry this is the you know and of course the hotel may be needed to put up you know people in Newquay this is this is the route they're going down of course yes. it has nothing at all to do with the fact that the last time a protest took place there was only 50 people from Newquay At its peak. There was 150 people on the other side and the Antifa bunch that were with them managed to assault a 70 year old lady and her son. Um, And I think that's more of the sort of trouble that Newquay town councillors and the local MPs don't want in Newquay. I think if a protest occurred during the holiday season They might have more people joining the protest on our side than they bargained for. And as soon as someone like Antifa turned up, and a bunch of people who were down on holiday knew he is renowned for its pubs and its nightclubs and drinking and yada, yada, yada. So as soon as you get a bunch of people down on holiday with a few pints in their bellies, they're not going to put up with some little tosser from antifa shoving them or pushing them about they're just going to level them so i think what's what's happened in actual fact is they've realized yeah because it doesn't fit the narrative well we don't want them here for the holiday season well aren't they warm and fluffy (laughs) what do you think (laughs) what do you think
2: yeah what do i think um (sighs) It is interesting because last Sunday I was getting all of these messages because Milo, that organized the protest, um, <laughs> he's like got the group chat. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, he has said that they'd all, because there was supposed to be a protest this Sunday as well. And there was a small one. Antifa turned up, but there was none of our lot. Um, they basically said that the <laughs> protest just- was going ahead. Yeah, yeah to to wind up antifa basically it was supposed well to be a well done on protest. that front
0: Milo yeah well done on that front, Milo
2: it was supposed to be a, a silent women's protest the, for the women of Nuki that felt scared and stuff anyway, um Milo pretended that it was all legit and that there was like three coaches coming and everything like that, and nobody turned up, but the antifa lot were there <clears throat> excuse me well anyway they they've they- written <laughs> yeah. So they had a bit of a wasted time, but they've even put stuff on that page. It didn't cost us anything for the day, anyway. Thank you, George Soros, and stuff like that. Is really that page. I, I'm glad. Um, yeah, I'm glad I follow it. <laughs> I, I just, um, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: it didn't, it, of course, it doesn't cost them anything. Yeah, you know, they're quite open right. about it. And, and they're quite, you know, I bought but the I shop think,
2: on. I think you're right. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I think. The councillors and everything they know it's holiday season isn't it but i do think with the trouble that's been outside they had to move them at some point didn't they because you've yeah. seen people's comments on stuff and they're saying i always come to nuki I won't be coming to nuki while they're here you know yeah so. great
0: great i mean that's that's how we need the public to react to be yeah just yeah
2: be, you know you don't have to be nasty about it just be
0: honest you know yeah. it's, you know they're not welcome because they're all men of fighting age and where's the women and children and bugger off basically you're not welcome you weren't asked here no one asked you in the words of douglas Bader during world war Two, who was the just so you know Shelley. he was the he was the spitfire pilot who didn't have legs below the knee um did you how, not did, know it, how about did he him?
2: fly then no no tell me how, how
0: did he you. fly he had tin legs he had tin legs that he strapped on
2: wow the,
0: yeah Oh, uh, we'll we'll that. get into that. We'll get into that uh, maybe uh a bit later. You can ask me if we if we're short time <laughs> a bit later on you can ask me about Douglas Barney. You'll love
2: that. You'll love that when you <laughs>
0: Well um I, I I'm just amazed. Yeah, you know, I was amazed last week when you said you'd never heard of the dambusters raids. I mean, it just it just it astounds me sometimes. <laughs> and
2: as I say all the time, I never really history we never studied Cornish history at school. We studied, you know, the the normal thing I did we mm. didn't study Cornish history and so it's all queens and stuff like that and wars but I was I was a flake at school I was naughty I didn't concentrate I didn't want to be there so yeah. I I know, what no, I know nothing okay yeah what kid what kid does want to be <laughs> there to be fair Especially the amount like I've those. learned since doing this show is just uh, amazing and it's exciting as well yeah there's, so, oh, there's wow. so many categories to go down and you know it's my week to do a little spiel on a Cornish theme. And it's like,
0: yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, um, yeah, I think it's finding something you, you know, i got that bloody book, 101 Cornish voices. Well, I don't want just people like that anyway, just a bit of Googling. And it's like a a positive attitude. Cause I always think you want to come up with something that's half interesting Hmm. and I don't want to read directly from a script neither, but anyway, that's just, um, but you're learning so much. Um, yeah, and I love learning stuff. So so it's good that I know this stuff and it's teaching you that when you tell your stories you have to explain them for people that aren't aware of That is well, like that a, actually what you are correct. Thing is. Yeah. So it's all you learning, code, isn't it? What was it called? A, a dog A dog fight. That's it, a dog fight. Yeah. To me, a dog, dog fight is two dogs fighting.
0: Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, well God, yeah, I mean it stands to raising, I get it.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not being blonde. It's just that's a dog quite is
0: <laughs> well, look, anyway. So, get, <laughs> so right
2: carry on.
0: <laughs> so getting getting back to this Beresford Hotel nonsense. So uh regular listeners will know uh, that I mentioned about this woman last last episode um uh that had been assaulted. And you know, she'd actually, you know, we got to go back and, and talk to the police and blah, 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 blah. Well, I've got an article here also from Cornwall lies, uh, Live. Uh, and it is entitled Two newkey protesters released without charge after arrest. So these two guys were arrested and. I mean, it's not like the woman. Became unassaulted, and I can't think from after speaking to her personally that she wouldn't have followed it through maybe she decided not to press charges maybe mm. she did i don't know but the fact of the matter is the two guys that got arrested after being identified from cctv footage and drone footage on the day yeah let were really. let off without charge mm. now there's something really important about um this particular thing and that is I'll just and i i read this out on Andy show as well but it's important and that is Uh, Last part of the article here. However, in an update today, which was the 28th of March, um, police have confirmed the individuals were later released without charge. A A spokesperson said two men, one in his 20s and one in his 40s, both from Bristol, were arrested on suspicion of assault. Both were later released without charge. Right. Bristol, folks, for you guys over in the States, Bristol is about three and a half hours drive from Newquay. And yet we're led led to believe that we don't bus anyone in. We don't bus anyone in. No, they were only from fucking Bristol about three and a half hours away. and the reason we mask our faces is, is so that the nasty right wing people can't identify who we are and, and let everyone know who we are and, and do nasty things to us. But what do you get, see when you go on to the uh, uh, Cornwall Resist website, which is Antifa Cornwall, basically? What do you see? You see a whole load of photographs and video footage of all the protesters on our side of the road because they weren't wearing any masks. So they are identified for members of the public to... uh um, form an opinion on which is exactly why they wear their masks isn't it you know so yeah. I just thought I'd, I thought I'd bring up those little bit it really irritated me actually the fact that they were they got away scot-free but what did I fucking expect
2: well one of them posted a picture um, somebody they didn't write on their car just see if I can see it a second but somebody did something and they basically explained that I can't even read what it says but they've like painted on somebody's car and he basically says this is why we need to cover our faces if this is what they do to our cars then what would they do to us yeah this is what the fash did when they spotted our parked car on Sunday doesn't bother us as was a higher car of zero excess but imagine mm. what they do if they found out who we are and where we live this is exactly why we wear masks and remain anonymous
0: so but what they're actually doing is is doing exactly the opposite to the opposition so yeah. you know um you know it's rather like being accused or accusing someone of what you're doing to them it's just yeah anyway so that's an update on that um enough about them all now because they've all gone and good riddance to them as far as I'm concerned um yeah you know, I hope they enjoy their time in Kent and I hope they don't stop there and carry on across the fucking British channel as far as I'm concerned but there we go um One more update from last show, and that is we talked about um, Nigger, 617 Squadron's uh, dog. Yeah. The plaque was changed. The plaque was changed. So um, before, the plaque above um, Nigger's grave used to read, Nigger, uh, the... uh, Hang on, there we go. Just, Just bringing up the actual... There we go. Uh, so. The grave of a black Labrador dog mascot of 617 Squadron owned by wing commander Guy Gibson with all his you know, VC, DSO, DFC. Uh, nigger was killed by a car on the 16th of May 1943, which in, incidentally was the day they were due to take off. I'm just letting you know that that's not written on the plaque, Um, buried at midnight as his owner was leading his squadron to the attack against the Myrna uh, uh, and uh, Ida dams. So that's what it used to read. Now it reads. The grave of a black Labrador mascot of 617 Squadron, owned by Wing Commander, blah, 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 The dog was killed by a car, blah, 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 Says all exactly the same thing, but it's just essentially taken the name away. And apparently, I'm led to believe now that anyone referring to the dog is to refer to them under the name of Trigger instead.
2: Okay, black horse.
0: Trigger as in as in anyone that's seen only fools and horses you can't name that dog trigger (laughs) you can't name that dog trigger
2: they're just changing history aren't they How
0: ironic that they call it trigger because what happened when you called it nigger everyone got triggered so it's just it's almost like it's so rubbing your nose in it you can't you can't believe it can you anyway i just thought i'd bring that up as an update from from last show um, I'm not going to mention the mascot of 617 Squadron again. Shelley, just much to your um, relief, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's a lovely story. Hmm. Yeah. And what? while we're on the whole race topic, because that's okay. obviously a race topic, <laughs> um, I obviously did, – did you hear about the bombardment of people in a pub that had gollywogs on show?
0: No, and no, I didn't. Go on, tell me all.
2: Police raided it and took away the dolls and anyway, it, it was all over Twitter <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> what? Is yeah. this in the UK? It's not I, in Korea, I'm not it? sure. I think I think it was in the UK. Um, but anyway, um, so obviously people were posting so somebody posted last night a picture of Gollywogs and I just uh, shared it and I just said sharing this due to the recent story uh basically a gollywog to me was when i was growing up and it was a character on a jam jar you know yeah brings back warm memories and that's it but it got a fair few comments There was a couple of them arguing amongst themselves one guy said this is the first post that you've posted that i really disagree with um and that's interesting but um but then like one of them's calling him a racist then he's calling the white person a racist oh it was quite entertaining but anyway um yeah so that did happen I think the gollywogs oh were causing
0: were causing hate crime <laughs> well you're supposed to refer to them apparently now you're supposed to refer to them as gollies oh, um i've got a book actually in front of me which was given to me by a lovely lovely guy called Adrian a nationalist guy he was born the same month we gave the polish guarantee um so for you non history buffs out there that is uh, april 1939 um so he's uh he, he gave me this book, By Golly, uh, and it's uh, B-U-Y, Golly, as in oh, okay. By yeah. Gollies. Um, and it's one of it. has got all the history of all the different adverts and, and little things with where gollywogs were used and all that kind of thing. Um, and there's a massive heritage to the whole sort of gollywog thing. And you'll remember Robinson's Jam as well. Yes. Had, used to have the...
2: Um, Is uh, right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've just, I've just, while I'm pacing around the room, I've just stood on his toy. You heard that. Oh, that's you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Are you okay.
2: pacing and talking? You're well, I had to,
0: I, I had to go over and get the book, you see. So I've got oh. wireless headset. So I, oh, I'm lucky. Aren't you I can, aren't you I can wander around. I can't wander anywhere else in the house though. Cause it, it, right, it loses okay. signal. Um no, but there's, uh, it's, it's well worth having a little look through. Um, it's, it's by it's published by a company called clinton derricks um and if you can look that up online by golly it's it's got all the history of the and stuff in there it's really and it's 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 a book you could give to your kids because it's just full of pictures and stuff as well it's great right um and that's God. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? Oh, he's suggesting giving racist <laughs> material to his
2: children? Yes, nothing you to are. Do with right. that. Now, I don't to do know with. who the writer was at the time, but there was apparently a series of nine books with Gollywogs and characters uh, in them. I've got the, were,
0: It's Enid. Oh right, Blyton. okay. It's Enid Blyton. I've got the book right here. I've got the book. This was a my series
2: hand. of like cartoon books, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, Enid um, Blyton, the three Gollywogs. It was called. Do you, want, right, do you want hear right. the first? Do you want to hear the first page? Go on. Here you go. One, three bold gollywogs. There once were three gollywogs who were the most unhappy in the nursery cupboard. None of the other toys liked them, and nobody ever played with them because their little mistress, Angela, didn't like their black faces. So they made up their minds to run away and find a nice home of their own, a little red cottage, yada yadda yada, yada. So yadda. Um, I lent the book, actually, to my mum because I've got a book here that contains all the books also given to me by Adrian, the uh, nationalist chap. Um, uh, and uh, I lent it to my mum. My mum's name is Angela. So obviously it really tickled her. The fact that, <laughs> the yeah, fact that I'm going to read
2: the racist. whole book. So is that racist or is that racist? Um,
0: so essentially, I, I, well, this is something that I've always argued in the fact that um, the three gollywogs, in actual fact, the books endeared children. And my mum will vouch for this. They had a gollywog in their house that was about, stood about two foot tall, like a stuffed thing. And it would sit in the chair in the, in one of the drawing rooms in my mum's house when she was a kid. And everybody loved the golly. That's what they called it. Everyone loved the gollywog. Um, so these books actually helped endear children to the would-be if you like, um, you know the would-be black person. So I think, in many respects, it's been used, or these books were used in the past to endear people to the fact that it was okay to have, you know, in the fifties, say, all the people coming over on the uh, on the Windrush boat and, and moving over here, um, and then only later was it used, and, and everyone said, oh, Enid Blyton was so so dreadfully racist and blah, 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 blah. But she, in actual fact, if you look at how history occurred, you know, her books actually helped endear children of, of the, the 30s to mm. that kind of thing. So, you know.
2: So me, I mean, me being like um, a sentiment, um, no, an empath, you see, reading that as a child, just that page is telling me, Oh, those poor gollies. I'm going to No be one likes friend. them.
0: No one likes them because of their little black faces. That's what the book is insinuating. Yeah,
2: but I wouldn't see and it as a are... child. As a child, you wouldn't see it like that, would you? But that's
0: but that's what I'm saying. You just said that you would see it like that because you're thinking, "Oh, I feel sorry for them." Cuz nobody you know? liked them, not because yeah, of their... exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's but and and what a horrible thing to, you know, to not like them for You know, so essentially you are indeed that first page shows you how, uh, you know, if you were to take it on the level that it was some sort of social programming, which I don't believe for an instant that it was. But if you were to take it on, on that level, then the end effect would be that it would actually endear people to people of other races with with different colored skin because you've instantly got that thing in the book and actual fact you read through the book they're so clever they're cunning they're they're funny the adventures they get up to are funny and they actually use one of the one of the stories in the book they use the fact that they all look alike to play a trick on someone or to outwit somebody in one of the i'm not going to give it away if you haven't read the books i'm not going to give it away
2: (laughs) (laughs) buy these on amazon later
0: uh, you can get them all in one book you can get all the stories in one book um so yeah um well listen i've got a little treat for everyone because it's my birthday and we're past the uh past the bottom of the hour I'm a bit late on doing this because we were talking about gollywogs and stuff but that's all good um so this uh <laughs> this essentially is a demo uh of things that are up and coming with me and my bandmate jeff Um, this is a song that he wrote just before the lockdowns kicked in Um, i'm not going to give too much detail away about it Um, it's not like most of the other stuff that we write this is quite quite a ballad but uh this is not a finished product it's just a demo but i thought i'd share it with yourself Shelley and the good listeners because uh well it, it's a work in progress and uh it's a bit of me and Lovely. a bit of my and friend you're Jeff. You're
2: the bass player
0: yeah? No 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 I well in actual fact on this particular tune me and Jeff share certain parts so um it's one of those tunes it's actually impossible to play without him there and he can't play his side of things without me there either so because um, we rely on syncopation between each other so it's mm-hmm. kind of um he tried to lay down his track and then get me to come and play it. And it just, it just wasn't working because the timing wasn't right. <laughs> okay. So we have to both be in the same room at the same time. So this, was, okay. this, is, this is all taken essentially from one cut. There's a couple of little bits been added to it. And obviously I've, I've put a little bit of reverb over the voice and stuff like that, but it's just a demo of, of work in progress. So this is a tune called The Dive.
2: Bring it See on. you in a few minutes. Lovely.
0: There you go, Jeff on vocals. There.
2: And I'm not just saying that because it's you. Yeah, he's got a lovely voice.
0: He's got a great voice. Yeah, he's, he's amazing with his lyrics as well. I mean, that I'm not going to go into what that song's about. Maybe I can get him on one day uh, when we've got a few more tunes under our belt and recorded properly. Uh, I'll get him on one day and we'll take you through some of the uh some of the because uh, all the other tunes are very like quite heavy and quite political. We've done some ballady ones, but you know. Um, yeah um yeah so that's that's uh, uh me and my uh uh partner in crime making some and that's tunes. what
2: you do in your spare time make music
0: it is it is yeah indeed. good for you so um right well it's your turn this week for the Kernow connection so what is your Kernow connection this week
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. right okay after googling famous cornish people bloody blah, blah blah i was like right I know, let's Google Famous Cornish Authors. And it's it's about something I've never read or watched, but I've heard of. So, William Golding, have you heard of him, Maleficus? No. Right? (laughs) Go on. Have you you heard of Lord of the Flies?
0: I have heard of Lord of the Flies. Oh, right, yes, okay. Yes, Lord of the Flies. William
2: Golding was from Newquay, and he was the author Of *Lord of the Flies*, which is a massive novel, and then it was made into films.
0: That's right, yeah, I'm aware of films.
2: I haven't actually watched the movies, but it's quite a controversial. Well, lots of books have uh, lots of books. Sorry, lots of schools in America have tried to get it banned. Um, it's, yeah, it's on quite what basis? Do you know
0: why? Do you, what what basis
4: did they? Well,
2: on there? the basis, what, one of them there was um, one student who was an activist. Um, the Guardian reported in 2015 that a student activist in Ottawa regarded that the whole film was just basically promoting white male supremacy, which I found fascinating. <laughs> That was a reason why it was um, asked to be banned. And several schools, they don't read it anymore. But usually when they read it, they're in years... Um, da, 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 da. They're in the 10th grade. So I think that's about 14, 15 years old. But apparently it's the eighth most challenged book for banning. Okay.
4: Oh, okay. So
2: I've not read the book, but he's from Newquay anyway.
0: I reckon, and- I reckon Dave Goharry, the owner of the station, would probably quibble that but we'll
2: <laughs> what quibble that he's from new key
0: no no quibble the fact that it's one of the books that are most likely to be asked
2: to be banned <laughs> all right no it comes oh, as it's, numbers, sorry, just numbers... It's just all right okay <laughs> yeah i know what you're saying sorry anyway don't get me sidetracked this is my sorry. moment my Kerno connection moment <laughs> once a four actually it's once a month isn't it once a month yeah that's <laughs> so it should be amazing <laughs> so anyway According to the biographer John Kerry, Golding's childhood was full of Cornish ghost stories from a mother he referred to as a superstitious count. The biography also talks about Golding's experience watching German U-boats patrolling the Cornish coast in the First World War, and how his experience of the second influenced the brutal themes of Lord of the Flies. So the Booker Prize winners most famous work tells the story of a group of boys who are stuck on a remote island and their failure to govern themselves. So this book, yeah, he he took it off another book that was about boys all living on an island. And basically from from what I gather, it's got violence and everything like that. And it's just about, like it says, a group of boys who tried to govern themselves. So the book came out in 1954 and it actually had 21 refusals before it was published (laughs) wow um yeah so this was 1954 yeah but anyway he was finally successful then they made the movie in 1963 and then i believe they made another one in 1990 so um with all my little bits so it's just about him really and then looking into that i don't really like heavy music you know that but um Iron Maiden actually wrote a song called "Lord of the Flies," and the song they wrote was from the movie. And I did listen right. to it earlier without getting a headache. <laughs> and yeah, it was all right. But this book that I've heard of and this film I've heard of all of my life—he's from Cornwall. He he's a- Yuki
0: of all places. So, yeah.
2: So. So. Um. I don't know whether to watch the film first or or read the book. Would you recommend?
0: Right. I personally, if it was me, I'd read mm. the book.
2: Yeah,
0: I'd read the book, and then yeah, I think you right. can you can then decide because I mean, there's so much has to be edited out for films. I mean, um, yeah, so much you lose so much in film. Whereas your um, your brain is a far better place to have a story told than have someone else tell it to you in in a way that. Uh, essentially, they're constricted by how they can portray it on on a screen, whereas your brain has got three hundred and sixty uh, degrees on this whole thing you know what i mean if you when you when you read a book you can completely get engrossed in it and and live it um so yeah i would I would definitely go for the book first Shelley. definitely
2: i will and Uh, just to change the subject, well, it's not changing the subject, but books, I finally started reading 1984 today, and uh, I have watched the film, so it was interesting, but I'm only about 15 pages in. Um, Mm. Oh, I love it. I love it. People are like, why have you only read 15 pages? I prefer uh, to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, I get it. Yeah, but no, 15 pages in, and actually I, I find that it helps me, because I've watched the movie. Yeah. But I'm not saying it doesn't it doesn't really matter, does it? But I know that the book will be, you know, I looked at it and it came and I was like, Oh my god, how many pages? It's quite small print as well, so the glasses are needed. But yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) so I've started reading that and I've talked about that for ages. So um I bought a new book. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So anyway, um before we pass this famous man, um, so I have yeah, I'm gonna read the book and watch the movie, but we'll see which order. I'll let you know. (laughs) it's only so much time for reading isn't there
0: well Um, there is you've got to make time for it that's the problem and it
2: is harder than watching the tv isn't it let's face it
0: well of course it is that's that's why but but then it's so much more um involving and so much more um absorbing when you're doing it for yourself rather than having someone else's impression of what the book said put (laughs) into your mind
2: Yeah, I've got to be in the right frame of mind to read a book. It's got to be, like, the right time. Like, when we finish tonight, I won't want to go to bed and read a book. You know? But... I've got to finish what 1984 got, before I
0: read the next one, so don't. Oh worry. yeah, you don't. Yeah, you definitely have. That's uh, yeah. I'm nearly finished. I've nearly finished reading about um, Overend and Gurney, the Cornish, uh, the people that not Cornish, the, the Quaker bankers that underwrote the Cornish mining industry. So we'll get into that soon, hopefully, uh, for listeners that uh, um, have been waiting for me to actually come out with this thing that I've been talking about for ages. Um, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there, folks. So that'll be my kernel connection soon. You've
2: got well, a what, cl- what, on the next show? Won't be on the <laughs> Shall next I? show. Oh, okay. Just see if I can.
0: No, no, I've got something exciting. <laughs> I've got something exciting for the next show, but I'm going to keep that up. Ooh, under my head for a okay. okay. Um, um, so you've got a little clip here. Um,
2: yeah, it's just a little clip I found. Um, so if, it's about four minutes long, but it just says a little bit about um, Thomas Hardy. No, sorry, William Golden.
0: William Golding, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, do you want me to play it now? Or? Yeah, do yeah. it. Okie dokie. Um, have a little listen. Because I haven't
2: got much information, really. It's just like, I was like, wow.
0: Okay, here, here it, it looks goes. It like both. a
2: fascinating read or watch.
3: William Golding was losing his faith in humanity, serving aboard a British destroyer in World War II. The philosophy teacher turned Royal Navy Lieutenant was constantly confronted by the atrocities of his fellow man. And when he returned to England to find Cold War superpowers threatening one another with nuclear annihilation, he was forced to interrogate the very roots of human nature. These musings on the inevitability of violence would inspire his first and most famous novel, Lord of the Flies. After being rejected by 21 publishers, the novel was finally published in 1954. It takes its title from Beelzebub, a demon associated with pride and war, two themes very much at the heart of Golding's book. The novel was a bleak satire of a classic island adventure story, a popular genre where young boys get shipwrecked in exotic locations. The protagonists in these stories are able to master nature while evading the dangers posed by their new environments. The genre also endorsed the problematic colonialist narrative found in many British works at the time, in which the boys teach the island's native inhabitants their allegedly superior British values. Golding's satire even goes so far as to explicitly use the setting and character names from R.M. Ballantyne's Coral Island, one of the most beloved island adventure novels. But while Ballantyne's book promised readers pleasure, profit, and unbounded amusement, Golding's had darker things in store. Lord of the Flies opens with the boys already on the island, but snippets of conversation hint at their terrifying journey— Their plane had been shot down in the midst of an unspecified nuclear war. The boys, ranging in age from 6 to 13, are strangers to each other, all except for a choir clad in black uniforms and led by a boy named Jack. Just as in Ballantyne's Coral Island, the boys' new home appears to be a paradise, with fresh water, shelter, and abundant food sources. But even from the novel's opening pages, a macabre darkness hangs over this seemingly tranquil situation. The boys' shadows are compared to black, bat-like creatures, while the choir itself first appears as something dark, fumbling along the beach. Within hours of their arrival, the boys are already trading terrifying rumors of a vicious beastie lurking in the woods. From these ominous beginnings, Golding's narrative reveals how quickly cooperation unravels without the presence of an adult authority. Initially, the survivors try to establish some sense of order. A boy named Ralph blows into a conch shell to assemble the group and delegate tasks. But as Jack vies for leadership with Ralph, the group splinters, and the boys submit to their darker urges. The mob of children soon forgets their plans for rescue, silences the few voices of reason, and blindly follows Jack to the edge of the island and the edge of sanity. The novel's universal themes of morality, civility, and society have made it a literary classic, satirizing both conventions of its time and long-held beliefs about humanity. While island adventure stories often support colonialism, Lord of the Flies turns this trope on its head. Rather than cruelly casting native populations as stereotypical savages, Golding transforms his angelic British schoolboys into savage caricatures. And as the boys fight their own battle on the island, the far more destructive war that brought them there continues off the page. Even if the boys were to be rescued from themselves, what kind of world would they be returning to? With so few references to anchor the characters in a specific place or period, the novel feels truly timeless, an examination of human nature at its most bare. And though not all readers may agree with Golding's grim view, Lord of the Flies is unsettling enough to challenge even the most determined optimist. Can you preserve your mind in a society where free will self-expression and curiosity are punishable offenses continue exploring this classic conundrum with our video
2: there we are
3: fahrenheit four five
0: one as well is an amazing book have you got that one in your list to read
2: oh my god i'm going to be ordering these and i I think i just want to skip 1984 because i've seen the film now and now i just want to read that
0: Well, Fahrenheit four five one basically revolves around the fact that they're they're burning books. Fahrenheit four five one is is the is the temperature that paper burns at. It's the te- temperature that paper combusts at. Oh, right. Um, and uh, it's there's a, there's a guy called uh, uh, Montag. His name is it's the German name for Monday. His second name is Montag. I can't remember his first name, but he he's a fireman. And he's he's employed not to not to put out fires. Right. He's employed to set fire to buildings that have books in them.
2: Oh!
0: So, so there you go. That's that's definitely well worth a a, a read. That one. Um,
2: I'm yeah, actually going they're... on holiday in a few weeks. Um, Are you? I am. Are you going to be here for the I, I know. That's I. I need to sort this out, Maleficus. I'm so bad. Um uh, it's been on my to do list all week and I've done nothing for two days.
0: <laughs> so you mention it on air. You yeah, I'm it on sorry.
2: Air. <laughs> By the way, I'm going away. No, actually <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to miss one show. Um I don't know. I need to work out the dates. I'll let you know tomorrow. I'm
0: sure right? there is a brother or sister that will happily join. This
2: me is on, this is it. The- um, and the, and um, if it's a Shelley finish. Tasker show night, I will ask the same favour.
0: Oh, no. oh, really?
2: I will ask um, the same favour to my dear friend, one. who would do yes. the same for me. <laughs> yes, I'm
0: sure. I'm sure. Yes, do the same
2: for you. Um, anyway, yeah. So well, at I least will take I turned up on my
0: you. bloody birthday. It's all I can
2: say. <laughs> it's not my birthday. <laughs> Just having a week away with my mother. So. Um, Yeah, I'll add that to my reading list. I've got all these books to read. Holiday time will be the time. So, okay. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, that sounds great. Um, So, listen, just a a quick roundup of of Cornish stuff as well, like recent Cornish stuff. Um, So.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What are you laughing at?
0: (laughs) Lou. Lou is actually a place in Cornwall, folks. Don't laugh. It's spelled L-O-O-E. Okay. Lou. Um, Lou to flood 60 times a year Due to climate change If nothing is done about it
2: (laughs) Do you know I saw that earlier And I didn't make the connection
0: Duh, obviously Oh dear No, but Lou to flood Because of climate change I mean, it's just flipping ridiculous, isn't it? What are they going to have us believe? And you don't
2: hear of Lou much And the guest I had on my show tonight She was from Lou So that's funny
0: Ah, okay Yeah, I missed your show Because I was out talking to Matt one of our listeners so so another thing uh drones being used and tested Mm -hmm. in cornwall first to catch dangerous drivers so we are are at the stage now folks in cornwall we we had it first we had it before all you guys they're testing it out here drones doing yeah aren't we lucky drones doing traffic control next they'll be doing it automatically and um i mean why don't I just attach a camera to every fucking lamppost in the, in the district? I mean, what, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be long before we start seeing the drones, like recharging on top of lampposts, et cetera, et cetera. You know? So uh, yeah, that's come to Cornwall. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, so you can get a speeding ticket or whatever from, from drone footage now. God. And they're not automated yet. They are actually still under control of, you know, somebody. But uh, anyway, that looks like we're rounding it up, Shelley. Um, I had a few other things to say, but well, we'll we'll catch up with that next week.
2: Yeah, well, lovely birthday, if
0: Thank you, thank you, and it's been a pleasure again, Shelley.